spiritual slang like God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Or won't he do it? Because <laughs> you know he really will. Hey. Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Slang. I'm the host, Chanel, and this is my podcast. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time listening. As I said, I'm Chanel, the host, and let me just tell you a little bit about spiritual slang for those of you that might be new. So I created this podcast to help people who look like me, not on the outside, but on the inside. So help those who may have gone through similar experiences that I've gone through or are currently going through similar experiences that I'm going through or have gone through um, as a way to just be in a sense, an open book as a way to show you that you're not alone and that there is a light at the end of every dark tunnel. And this podcast is a light at the end of so many dark tunnels and it continues to be a light. And so just to hold on, hang on because the light is coming. All right. So this episode is on how to keep going, to keep pushing through and to keep going. And what I mean by keep going is Let's just recap real quickly the last two episodes. So episode 17, we talked about waiting when you have to wait for what God has called you to do. There's those moments where he'll show you something or you'll know, you know you're called to do something, but it's not time for you to act on it yet. And so there's that waiting period. And then episode 18, we talked about how to start it. So after the waiting period, there's that moment where it's like, okay, you're good to go. It's go time. And so I gave tips and lessons and all those things on how to start that thing that God has called you to do. And then I was thinking, this sounds like it's kind of going in order. And so what if I did an episode on how to keep going? So after you've waited, then you started it and now you're executing it. You're in the season of actually doing the thing. And so how do you keep going in that season? How do you keep doing it? Because it's not easy. And there are so many different things that come up that you don't realize are going to come up until you actually are in the flow of doing it. And then I was talking to my friend and she was like, it sounds like you're kind of in a series. So you should you should do an episode on when you're in it. And I was like, I was literally thinking about that. And so that's confirmation. And so here we are. This episode is going to be on how to keep going when you're in the flow of doing what God has called you to do. Everything I'm going to address are things that I currently do or have done and lessons I've learned along the journey of doing spiritual slang because I've been doing it for a little over a year now. And so I feel like I might be qualified to talk about it, um, but by no way have I completely mastered it. And it's definitely not easy. There are a lots of ebbs and flows in it. But regardless, you just have to keep going. Let's talk about it. With everything that we do, there are different levels and seasons to it. But no matter what level or season you're on, it has to be stewarded properly. It has to be taken care of properly. 
With purpose and passion projects, which is specifically what I'm talking about in this episode, there are moments of waiting, as I mentioned, starting and then doing it. And the two things that I found to be extremely important in the doing season, in the season where you are flowing through it and actually executing it, producing it, all of those things are intentionality and discipline. I've never had to be on my intentional and discipline A game as much as I've had to be when I started spiritual slang. It really does require you to be a person that you might not have been before. Because now, in order to produce something like purpose or passion projects, there are so many things getting thrown at you. There are so many other things trying to take your attention. There are so many other things that you have to do in your life, you know, like working and all of those other things. And so you are truly required to be intentional and disciplined if you want to continue to produce it. We're going to get into some of the nitty gritties of doing it while working and when you fall and when you drift and when you have writer's block and all of those things. But to go deeper into intentionality, the main thing is to just be intentional about what you're doing. When I think about intentionality, I think about being intentional in relationships. Like when we're in a relationship with someone, we think of I'm not going to date this person or be with this person if they're not intentional about me or intentional about where they want this to go. That same way, we should be intentional with the blessing that we've been given to execute, run, and produce. To break that down even further, being intentional in a relationship means it's going, to me at least, I see it as it's going into it, into the relationship with the idea that I really care for this person and I'm going to spend time, energy, and effort into pushing whatever this is that we have forward with the goal of engagement, marriage, and etc. When I relate that to being intentional with that thing we're called to do, I think about a few things. First and foremost, it's time. Time is of the essence. Time is so important. Time has so much value in it. Our time is like one of the most valuable things that we have. So being intentional with the thing we've been blessed to do or blessed to execute on is setting time aside to just focus on it. Setting intentional time aside. Not the five minutes here, the three minutes there, or when I get to it type of time. Setting a time in my calendar, setting a date in my calendar of when I'm going to specifically work on spiritual slang. Let's just relate it to my thing. And in that time, it's turning off the TV, putting my phone away, praying so that I set the atmosphere. I always do that. I always want to pray to get set the atmosphere to allow God to enter into the space so that I can properly use this time or more so productively use this time because I can't do it without God. And I also don't want to be distracted because we know we have so many other things going on in our lives that sometimes when we try to set time aside, our mind is just going a bunch of different ways and you're thinking about the other stuff you have to get done 
and what the rest of the day is going to look like, what tomorrow is going to look like. And so really just setting that intentional time, putting everything away, clearing your mind to just be focused on this one thing. And even if it's for 20 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it is, sometimes you'll think it's going to be 20 minutes and then you get in the flow and you're like just moving. But regardless, you're just setting that time aside to focus on it. The other thing I think about when I think about being intentional with the thing we're called to do is making it a priority. If I'm going to be intentional about something, then I'm going to make it a priority. The way that if I'm intentional about a person that I'm seeing, I make them a priority. With making it a priority, you have to care enough to cultivate and grow it. So I, when I make spiritual slang a priority, I have to care enough to cultivate and grow spiritual slang. One way of making it a priority and a consistent priority at that, which also relates to the intentionality aspect, is having goals for it. It's not just about I'm going to create this thing, I'm going to put out this thing, and that's just what it is going to be. But it's like, what is the goal of that thing? Reverting back to the relationship example, I I know I keep going there, but it's just the easiest way to explain it. But reverting back to the relationship example, I mentioned that when I'm intentional about a person, I'm thinking about long term, right? The goal is to pursue it, to continue to push it forward or put in time, energy and effort to push it forward with the goal that there's going to be engagement, marriage and et cetera. So there is a goal there. And so the same has to be for whatever you're doing, whatever you're working on, what is the goal? And the goal is the thing that you keep your eye on when doing that thing you're called to do. Keep the goal in mind at all times. So the goal, you know, for spiritual slang, just a few of them are to help people, to show people who God is, to show people that they're not alone, and what it looks like to live a faith-based life in a worldly world and to see it go a bunch of different places that I'll spare mentioning right now but these are the things that I keep my eye on and these are the things that are going to help you to keep going to keep producing to keep pushing forward especially when you uh, encounter hiccups or bumps in the road because you will and we'll get into those in a moment but this, these are the things that will keep you going and keep you pushing forward if you know that you have this goal in, in your mind and you're looking at it and you know you haven't reached it. And so you keep moving, you keep going, you keep going forward. And so these are just a few of the things that I think about when I think about being intentional about spiritual slang, when I think about being intentional about a passion project or something related to your purpose Basically, spiritual slang and I are in an intentional relationship. <laughs> Let's just say that since I reference relationships so much in here, spiritual slang and I are, an int- are in an intentional relationship. And so with that comes all of the steps that would have come if I was in a human intentional relationship. Anywho, anywho. The next thing I wanted to talk about is discipline. So the two things I said were intentional and discipline. Discipline is extremely similar to intentionality, and I feel like they go hand in hand. Because if you're intentional about something, it requires you to then structure your life where you're disciplined around it. 
When you make something a priority in your life, then you have to get in the habit of working on it, focusing on it, pursuing it, and pushing it forward, continuing to push it forward, which all requires discipline. Also, expect to encounter resistance in the area of your discipline. Discipline isn't easy. It almost feels like a chore at first. To be disciplined and consistent in something feels like a chore (laughs) that you don't want to do at first, to be honest, or you're thinking of all these other things that you could do. It's like when you work out. In the beginning, you're not really for it. You're just (laughs) forcing yourself to go to the gym, forcing yourself to work out every day. But after like, what is it? 21 days makes a habit. After 21 days, it starts to become a part of your lifestyle. That's the same, I feel like with discipline and we'll just throw consistency in there as well because they go hand in hand. But when you're required to be disciplined in something as special, as important as your passion project or something tied to your purpose, Although you may be excited about that thing, it won't feel as exciting or I don't know if I should say feel as exciting or just it won't be as easy to be disciplined in it because you're going to experience resistance in that area because it's such a big thing, such a crucial part of what you've been put on this earth to do. With that being said, Just don't be surprised when you experience resistance or when something else is trying to take your attention when you're trying to be disciplined or in moments where you find yourself, and this is crucial too, in moments where you find yourself knowing you have to do something or set a specific time aside and you've been doing it every day and one specific day you feel like you should maybe just push it off to later in the day recognize those moments that was a personal thing (laughs) that's something that I have done where I've been like okay I'm gonna work on it on this day at this time and then when this that day and time starts to approach I'm like hmm, maybe I'll just push it off to later or maybe I'll do it after lunch or maybe I'll do it at night and recognize and be self-aware enough to know when you're doing that because that is resistance right there that is you not wanting to be disciplined in that time to be frank, like you lose your discipline once you start being like, okay, with pushing stuff off. And the moment you start doing that, it starts to become a consistent thing. And so you don't want to fall off your discipline train. If that makes sense, you don't want to fall off of it just by pushing it off one time, because once you push it off one time, you start to think that it's okay to continue to do that. And then all of a sudden you're just doing it here and there, and you're not doing it as consistent, as intentional as you once were. And so as much as possible, try to stay disciplined. And if you do fall off, don't worry. It's okay to get back on the train and start all over. There's no hurt in starting all over. But if you can, stay disciplined. Take it from someone who knows. The last thing I'll say about the intentionality and discipline is I find that in the seasons where I'm more intentional and disciplined in all aspects of my life, not just working on spiritual slang, but in every aspect of my life, those are the moments that I feel like I'm thriving the most. I think that's the case because I feel like I'm giving ample amount of time to everything. And so I feel like I'm balancing more. 
The next thing we're going to talk about is, you guessed it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. The next thing we're going to talk about is balance. Okay. Balance is not easy. I'm just going to start out right there. It is one of those areas where I feel like I can struggle the most when it comes to anything, really. (laughs) But I've found that in order to thrive in the area of purpose, balance is key. I literally cannot stress this enough. And this wasn't something that I realized right away either. It was something that I learned as I continued to work on purpose. Because then I realized where there were other areas of my life being compromised or the opposite where I was working on other areas of my life, but then purpose was being compromised. And so at first, when I went into doing spiritual slang, it's not that I wasn't aware of balance, but it was more so that I didn't think of it as being such a key pillar because I was like, I can do it all. I have that mindset sometimes thinking where, I can get so much more done than I can actually get done. And sometimes I'll even get those things done, but it'll be at the sake of my sanity. It'll be at the sake of my peace, of my joy, and of my rest. And so balance is so key. And in one of the areas where I feel like a lot of us, especially myself, can find it the hardest to create balance is balancing work and purpose. Sometimes those are the same thing, but a lot of times when we start something new, start that thing that God has called us to do, we might have, I'll just call it a day job for the lack of a better word, but a day job. And so when do you do the purpose part? How does that work? How does that look with everything else that you have going on in your life? We only have so much time in a day or week, and a lot of the times I found myself thinking I could do so much in a day, but I was instead running myself to the ground, to be honest. As I said before, I'm one of those type of people that thinks I can get everything done. And even if I get it done, it's at this cost of everything else. And so I was running myself to the ground trying to do everything. I would work my day job, then work on spiritual slang at night, But that would make it really difficult because obviously when you've worked all day, you're drained and exhausted spiritually, mentally, all of those things. And so it was hard to pour into spiritual slang from an exhausted, might I even say empty mindset. Just because the day had taken so much out of me. It's not only just like working, but it's like all the things you encounter throughout the day, the different conversations you have, the different people you talk to, the different things you're doing and all that stuff. And so that all takes a little part of you throughout the day. And so by the end of the day, I was just drained. And it was hard to do anything for spiritual slang, but I was forcing myself to because it was the only time I had available. Balance is a place where I'm continuing to try to adapt to and try to learn and implement in my life and I feel like I've gotten way better at it and it's going way better than it was before but it still is something that you have to again make a priority in your life to have a place of balance within all of the things that you're doing and it's something that 
you continue to work on because of the fact that our life changes. And so there are some seasons where I have small groups and there are some seasons where I don't have small groups. So it seems like I have more time open or there's some seasons where I have therapy and some seasons where I don't. Well, therapy is something I just started. So (laughs) that's a new season that I'm in. Um, More to come on that. (laughs) But yeah, balance is something that it's a place that I am continuing to try to adapt to and implement in my life. And it's gotten better. And I feel like I'm on the road there. And so some of the things that have helped me within that are one, not overworking myself with work so that I have enough energy to work on spiritual slain or anything else God has called me to do. So basically cutting myself off from work. What I mean by that is I'm one of those people, persons, I'm one of those people where I have to, not have to, I think I used to have to or always want to give 150%. Like I felt like I was in constant, constant state of being an overachiever. And because of that mindset and because of that way, when I would do anything, I felt like I had to do more than I actually had to do. Or I wanted to do more than I actually had to do just because of trying to be an overachiever or keep that persona that I had of myself. When it came to work, I was overworking myself when I didn't have to. I was working late hours. I was doing things longer. I was going home and working some more and all of that stuff just because I felt like I had to. But in reality, whatever I was overworking myself for or going home to do or working late for could just get done the next day and it not be a big deal and be the same as if I did it that night. And so when I started spiritual slang, one of the things that had to go was me feeling like I needed to be an overachiever with anything else I did. This way, I wasn't overworking myself and running myself to the ground and I had enough energy and creative mind to work on spiritual slang after work. But one of the things that I learned recently is it doesn't have to be every day. What if you just set a few days a week where you come home and you work on spiritual slaying, but it doesn't have to be every day. This way, it's intentional. It's an intentional date. It's an intentional time. But then you still allow yourself days in between where you are resting, where you are chilling, where you're allowing yourself to watch that Netflix show, that Netflix movie, whatever it is, or do whatever else you have to do, because obviously we have other priorities. But if you just set those days aside, it's not like every day you're coming home and working on that purpose passion project. That way you don't feel as drained as if you were doing it every day. Another thing that really helped me balance more was incorporating the things I really love and care about and value into my balancing routine. Balance isn't just about balancing work and the passion project. It's about balancing work, the purpose or passion project, social life, family, working out if that's like what you care about, eating healthy, and of course resting because resting is so, so, so important. And so it's like, how do you balance all of those things when it's already hard to just balance work and the passion project. Again, it's not easy, but it is possible. 
the more intentional and disciplined you get in your life, the easier it is to balance all the other aspects of your life. I would say don't overcommit to anything, whether that be work, the purpose thing, friends, family, whatever else it may be. Don't overcommit yourself. Allow your da- yourself days to do each and every one of those things if it that's what matters to you or the time to do it within the day. But don't do it to a level where you're giving one area 90% and everything else has to split the 10%. One way to ensure that doesn't happen is to be aware of when something is disrupting your balance. For example, there's been moments where I've been a little too social, hanging out a little too much, doing different things. And that was at the cost of me working on some of the things that I was supposed to work on. Or it was at the cost of me resting or sleeping. And if we don't rest or sleep, then I feel like our whole schedule, discipline, intentionality, balance is disrupted. So sometimes you have to say no to the things that you really want to do so that you say yes to the things that you know you're supposed to work on, such as your purpose. That doesn't mean that you can't be social. It just means don't overdo it in every area of your life or in any really area of your life. Don't overdo it. Balance isn't a one size fits all, but it is a space that we can all get to if we lay out what that looks like for each and every one of our lives. Because what it looks like for me, the things that matter to me might not matter to the next person. But once you lay it out, you realize how it can be structured for your life and how you can, you know, give a certain piece of yourself to each area of your life and balance properly If you remain disciplined, if you remain consistent, and if you remain serious about your balance routine. And I think when we're more balanced, we're more able to progress and thrive. Now, I think I'm pretty certain (laughs) that that's the case. When you are in the flow of doing what you've been called to do, and when you're producing, executing, doing it, It's not all lilies and roses. Expect to fight. Expect resistance. Expect things that you didn't know you struggled with to pop up because they will. I've talked about fighting on here before, but just to reiterate, when you start acting in purpose, really walking in that thing that you've been put on this earth to do, the fights get bigger and there's more of them. The enemy out there does not want you to execute on what you've been put on this earth to do. So there is going to be things thrown at you left and right. And these things might even just be internal, internal thoughts, internal feelings, internal resistance. Nothing that's worthwhile comes easy. That's how that's how that saying goes, right? It's so true, though, like nothing that's worthwhile comes easy. Nothing that's good will come easy. And that's really big will come easy. You have to work for it. And one of the ways you work for it is fighting for it. Fighting to not give up. 
fighting procrastination, fighting insecurities, all of those things. And there are things that you might have struggled with pre-working on the thing you're called to do, purpose. But all of those things become so heightened when you're actually in purpose. For example, procrastination, as I just said. You might already be a procrastinator. I think sometimes I can be a little bit of a procrastinator, to be honest, because I would always say that I work well under pressure. As I've done spiritual slaying and there's so many other things that I have to do and how key how balance and discipline have become key pillars in my life, procrastination no longer fits into that realm. And so previous to doing spiritual slaying, I was a procrastinator. I remember, let's just give an example. (laughs) I remember I was in college and I had to write a 10 page paper report paper on, I don't, I don't even know what class it was. I can't remember, but it was a 10 page report and it was for the final grade. And I was, did not work on it. I might've done a little bit research before or kind of had it in my head of what I was going to, the angle I was going to go for, but I did not actually sit down and work on it until the night before it was due. Why? I don't know. Ask college now. (laughs) But I had the whole idea that I work better under pressure. And I don't even know if that's why I originally procrastinated, but when you're just so used to working that way, it ends up happening. So I didn't work on it until the night before. And I was in my school library the night before working on it the entire night. You know, in college, like libraries are 24 seven. And I was at that point where, you know, when you want to like double space to take up more room on the paper. (laughs) No, but I think there was like a restriction. So I couldn't do that. So I ended up pulling an all nighter in the library. I even remember seeing someone sleeping under the desk or whatever. And my report was due at 8 a.m. in my professor's hand. And if it was late by one minute, she wasn't going to count it. I finished that paper right before 8 a.m. And I booked it to my professor's class and dropped it off at her class. I think I made it by like a hair. That's how crazy it was. And then I got my final grade on that and it ended up being an A. And so when you... (laughs) Not to like really anything, but the point is when you see yourself do good in areas where you procrastinated and you, in quotes, work well under pressure, then you end up using being okay with procrastination. You end up making it okay in your life. But when you have to do more things later on in life, like you have a job, social life, you serve in your church, this is I'm talking about myself, you have purpose, things to work on, all of that stuff procrastination can no longer fit in your life because you have to be more strategic, more intentional, more disciplined about your time and what you're spending it on. I said all of that to say and give that example because when you struggle with something like procrastination in one, er- in one area of your life, it gets heightened when you actually start doing something like purpose work. It requires the right amount of attention, focus, time, your time, your creativity, your strategy that you cannot give if you are procrastinating. And so don't be surprised if areas of your life that you struggled with get heightened as you walk in your purpose because those are just areas 
that are being revealed to you to let you know that they those might be things that you have to work on or work harder on your purpose so that you don't resort to that procrastination, to that insecurity, to whatever it is. I mentioned briefly that you have to fight to not give up. And I said that because the reality is when we embark on these God projects, in the beginning, we probably won't see a physical reward or the response we wanted, but that is an expectation you have to fight through. I think a lot of the times we want to see an instant response, an instant reward, instant gratification, everything instant. Like if I put in this work for this, I want to get this many likes or this many views or this many listeners, or I want to get a physical reward for it, whatever. I want to get paid for it. But to be honest, when you embark on this purpose journey, it might not look like that right away, but that's okay. That's just an expectation you had. And so you have to fight the urge not to give up just because that expectation wasn't met. Not to give up when it doesn't necessarily look like what you thought it should look like. When you don't get the response that you were looking for. Because in due timing, you will reap a reward that you don't have room to receive. That is Bible. Basically, when you don't give up and you keep pushing forward, you will receive a reward that's bigger than what you could have ever thought it could be and bigger than you even have room to receive. It's going to be the overflow. So don't worry about the right away gratification. You want that long term, that steady, that stable, that foundational reward. Another thing it also reminds me of is, and I think I talked about this in the fighting episode or one of the episodes because this is actually one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures. So I know I've mentioned it on here before, but another Bible verse or chapter that I want to reference is Joshua chapter one, where right before Joshua was going to take over as leader to lead the Israelites out of the wilderness to the promised land, God had told him to be strong and courageous in that first chapter, like three times, Joshua chapter one, like three times or something like that. It was he had repeated himself because he knew that it wasn't going to be easy and that in order for him to succeed, He needed to be strong and courageous. And so that's just something that consistently I'm reminded of is just be strong throughout the fight. Be strong and courageous throughout this journey of continuing to produce and walk in purpose because there are going to be things that get thrown at me. There are going to be things that I'm going to have to fight internally, externally. And so you just have to be strong and courageous. I also like to look at these moments as ways God tests us. Will we keep going when it doesn't look like what we wanted it to look like? Will we stay committed with nobody watching, no eyes listening, no ears listening? It's a way to test our heart. What is our heart posture? Is our heart in the right place even when we don't get paid for it? Let's be real. Is our heart still in it even when we aren't getting paid for it? That's why I feel like it can be a test because a lot of times when we don't get a reward for something, we don't want to do it. When we don't get enough likes, when we don't get enough listeners, when we don't get enough views, whatever, or we don't get paid for it, we don't want to do it. And so I feel like these moments are ways to check yourself and check your heart and ask yourself why you're doing it. 
And it's a way for God to test us to see if that we will still do it even when no one is watching. Will we still do it even when we don't get the validation we're looking for, the money we're looking for, or anything like that? And I feel like when he knows that your heart is in the right place is where he can really take it off or prosper it or take it to the next level. Another point of how to keep going, of how to keep doing it, of how to keep producing and pushing forward in your calling kind of has to do with fighting as well. But I want to just talk about this singularly, which is writer's block or creativity block, whatever you want to call it. These are bound to happen when you're in your producing flow and when you're in your doing it flow. And it's hard to keep going when you don't have the creativity, the ideas coming up, basically writer's block, but it's not like you have to actually be a writer to experience that. You just feel kind of like, I don't have anything to say, do, like I don't have anything new. And it's bound to happen. And at first, when it first happened to me, I kind of felt like, what was going on? <laughs> I was like, what happened to me? I have nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but what I realized was in those moments where I've experienced creativity block, those were the moments where there was too much going on in my life and I was too busy and too distracted and not balancing anything. I was just getting tossed to and fro, doing a bunch of things, not resting, not any of that. I was letting the busyness of my life take over. And because I was letting it take over, I wasn't prioritizing anything, which means I wasn't properly balancing. But I was still working on spiritual slang. It's just in those moments where I wanted to focus on it, my mind was still running so much thinking about all the other things I had to get done. And so although I had set aside time to work on it, when everything else in my life was too busy and I was too busy, too distracted, too much going on, not prioritizing, not balancing any of that, even in that set aside time, I wasn't able to focus on it. One of the biggest things that I learned to kind of get back on the horse of creativity, the horse of creativity, don't you just love that, um, was one that you have to set the proper environment to allow God to tell you what to do and what to talk about. And setting the proper environment doesn't always just mean to do what you normally would do. Sometimes it requires you to change up your environment, to go somewhere that you haven't been before. Sometimes you just have to remove yourself from your normal routine so that you can get creative. There's been moments where I went to a lookout to see, you know, like if I could get creative, creative inspo, clear my mind so that it allowed me to get creative. Um, so I would go to a lookout, I would go to the beach, I would go somewhere that I hadn't been, just switching up my environment so that I wasn't in my normal routine, in my normal space where the busyness was getting a hold of me. And I found that when I would switch up my environment and take the initiative and be intentional about getting back in the creativity flow, that I would get ideas and I'd get new vision and new strategy for it. And so back to the intentionality, if you really want to be intentional about something, that means being intentional about the time that you set aside for it 
And sometimes that means that time can't be in your living room like you've had it. You have to go somewhere else because you realize that you're too distracted in the living room. You need something new. You need your creative juices to flow. But with creativity block, writer's block, whatever it is, don't be alarmed. It's expected. It happens. Um, We can kind of get in a rut. Just know that there is a way to get out of it. And also sit in those moments and realize what might be the reason why you are blocked. For me, it was the busyness. If you realize that you're busy, like see how you can structure your life so that you have more balance, so that you have more discipline, so it doesn't feel like you're running on E and you're too busy for anything. And so self-awareness, I feel like is a key in all of this. Just being self-aware of your habits, knowing yourself, things you're doing, the time you're spending, the discipline, the non-discipline that you're having, all of those things. I've mentioned it throughout this episode, but to really focus on it in order to keep going, to keep doing what you're calling to do and to do it successfully, rest is so important. I need to like enunciate each syllable because it's that important. Rest is so important. In a society where grinding is celebrated and no sleep is the norm, it's important to remember that resting and sleeping, we're not no team no sleep over here, we're team sleep, is where we rejuvenate to keep going. Those times where we are resting, where we are sleeping, is a time for us to refill, to refuel. We can't run on E. So don't get caught up in the busyness. Don't think because you're busy, it's good. Busy isn't always good. Because sometimes you're busy with a bunch of unproductive things. You're busy with things that are not actually prospering your life or helping you in your life. So don't look at busyness as good because sometimes it's not. And that was something I had to check myself on. Because anyone who knows me now knows that I love to rest. I am a Netflix binger. And that's what I do or show binger. It doesn't matter if it's on Netflix or anything else. When I'm resting or when I'm just allowing myself to just be, a lot of times I'll like binge watch things or just watch movies or do other things. But that wasn't something that always came natural to me because I'm a doer. And so don't not getting caught up in the busyness is something I had to check myself on because I was a doer. I mentioned earlier that I was an overachiever. I like to do 150%, but that isn't healthy. And so in moments where I wasn't doing anything or if I was just sitting down and resting, I felt like I wasn't productive. And I would have thoughts like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm not the only, I feel like I'm not the only one that has experienced that where anytime we feel like we're not doing something what that we identify as productive because all of us have our own productive definitions we feel like what's going on with my life like I'm missing out I'm not I should be doing this this and that but to be honest that's having a toxic relationship with work and not just work like your day job I'm talking about with working with doing in moments where we feel like we can't rest because we're missing out on something or we just want to keep doing it's a have that's a toxic relationship that we have with doing with working on things with being productive or our own definition of productive to be honest 
And when you operate like this, it takes a toll. You run yourself to your ground, you end up running on E, and it hinders you from doing the best that you can do on all of the things that you've been called to do. It hinders you from putting in your best foot forward at work or putting in the right amount of energy and creativity and strategy into your purpose or being able to have a social life and rest and everything. It hinders you in every aspect of your life when you're so worried about doing, doing, doing. And so as you, I said, like, I love to rest. But because I've previously been a doer, there's some times where I can get back in those habits or um, kind of there's weeks where I've gotten back to not resting or balancing properly or being disciplined and intentional. And so I've and those were the weeks that I struggled with the most. So, for example, I'll actually tell an example that happened not that long ago. I feel like, I don't know, a few weeks ago or something. But I was talking to my therapist and one week and I was saying how that week had been hard and there wasn't anything I necessarily pointed to the week being hard to because it wasn't like there was this big event that happened and that's what made it hard. It just felt really draining, really hard. I was in my head a lot. I was exhausted. I was mentally drained, emotionally drained. And I remember, I think, um, yeah, I think I remember telling him that I had had like a breakdown and it was just, I was like, I don't really know why. I just felt like I needed to cry it out and all that stuff. And that was a week that I was so busy and there was just so much going on. And I was trying to do spiritual slang and do work things and social life things and other priorities and stuff that I had to do. And then the next week I came in and I had said that I was like doing way better and I was like so happy and I had a great weekend because I slept in and I and I got um, my apartment cleaned and done all this stuff that I wanted to do and um, but still rested and took it slow each day. And he had said that that is tied to the fact that you allowed yourself a moment of self-care. And that moment of self-care was related to me resting because I slept until like 12 p.m. And I and I went slow and I didn't really work on anything and I didn't stress about anything. And so that next week I was feeling so much better and so much rejuvenated and felt like I could pour into my job, but also pour into spiritual slang and pour into other areas because I was filled back up. And so I'd say that example because when we take the proper moments in time to rest and just not do anything to not and I'm not just talking about doing either but also to not worry about anything to not stress about anything to take the day slow to take it as it comes to not have to have it so planned out we allow ourselves a moment to just rejuvenate to fill back up to just take it easy and that is resting in itself because resting doesn't always look like actually sleeping it could just be not really doing too much in the day and taking it easy and so when we do that then it allows ourselves to be prepared for the next week and then we go into the next week more rejuvenated more excited more energized and ready to take it on from that experience I learned how important it is to have resting days 
And if you can't do days, at least having one day out of the week where you rest. And in the Bible, we call that the Sabbath. It's the day where you don't do anything. And you could do it on a weekend day. And if your life is set up differently, you could do it on a weekday. But taking that one day just to be. To not stress about tomorrow, to not stress about yesterday, to not stress about that day, to not worry, to not try to structure your whole life and figure out everything in that day and to not work on anything, not your purpose, not your passion project, not your work related things, nothing so that you can just be and rejuvenate so that you can have the right energy to go into the week and focus on the things you have to focus. So You can work hard throughout the week and everything like that, but make sure to take those days where you just rest and do nothing. It is so, so, so important for your mental state, for your work, for your purpose that you take breaks. It's okay to take breaks. We're team sleep over here. (laughs) Not hashtag team sleep. I'm done. I just hashtagged with my fingers. If you guys could see that, that's too much. Anyway, but yes, rest. Rest is how you keep going and how you keep doing. Lastly, well, kind of last point, don't let defeats, hiccups, or road bumps take you out. Let everything be a lesson. We aren't going to do everything perfectly, and I'm talking to myself because we know on here that I can be a perfectionist, but we're not going to do everything perfectly. So there are going to be moments most likely where you fall you may miss a date that you wanted to put something out miss the mark on something you did or just feel like you could have done better on a piece of content that you did on something that you worked on whatever it is but don't let that defeat or that fall take you out take it as a lesson as a learning lesson this thing that you're doing, this thing that you're working on, this thing that you're producing, this thing that you're pushing forward is a journey. It's a process. And so it's not going to be perfect at first. You're not going to get everything right, but that doesn't mean that you give up and you just throw in the towel. It's a lesson so that you can learn and continue to perfect it in a sense without feeling like you need to be perfect because that's not ever going to happen. And sometimes the fall can even look like drifting unintentionally putting down the thing that you've been working on, the thing that you've been doing. And next thing you know, you haven't worked on it in like two months because you kind of drifted from it. But there is a way to get back to it. Just because you've drifted from it, just because you put it down for a few months, doesn't mean that it's over. Doesn't mean that you can't do it again. Doesn't mean that God still won't use you through it. He will. You just have to get back on the horse. (laughs) That is like my favorite phrase today. Get back on the horse. But this is why discipline is so important because the moment we stop being intentional and disciplined about what we're doing, we become less passionate about it and lose our momentum. Because when we're not disciplined and not intentional, we end up letting life just toss us to and fro and just going with the flow with everything. And there's this time and a space to go with the flow. But when you're, I feel like, and this might just be my opinion, but I feel like when we're working on purpose, it is so important to be disciplined and intentional because the moment we're not, we can start to drift and let other things take up our time. And what ends up happening is that we start not making what we're working on a priority and becoming way too busy to focus on it, that eventually we just lose our passion for it and not 
intentionally, but that's just what happens because you're not allowing yourself the creative space to work on it. If it does happen, though, it's okay. You're not out of the game. In moments like this, take the time to figure out what it is that's stopping you. Look internally, look externally, and take note of it. What is it that is stopping you from continuing to produce? What is it that stopped you in the first place that made you fall off the horse, that made you stop, that made you drift? And you have to look at your environment, look at your inside, your internal environment and your external environment to figure out what that is because it's different for everyone. Anytime that I've fallen off the horse, I've found that it was related to me not being disciplined and so focusing on things that I shouldn't focus on, whether that be people or things like social media or let's be honest, I could have let an insecurity not could have, this has happened, I let an insecurity get the best of me where I stopped producing. I let the idea that it didn't matter what I said stop me from actually doing it. Because I don't know, I just let it expand in my mind. I let it grow. And when you let something like that grow, you end up stopping what you're meant to do because you're letting it get the best of you. You're starting to believe that idea. But that idea is false. That idea isn't true. Once you look at your internal and external environment, then try to remember when you were super passionate about it, take note of it and go back to that place. Whether it's a physical place that you were super passionate about it, where you were able to get creative and in the zone or just a place mentally, spiritually, emotionally, go back to that place. This is all work though. This is This requires you being intentional about getting back on the horse because you will have to set your uh, phone aside, turn off your TV and focus on where was I passionate about it? Where did my passion go? What is distracting me? What is not letting me focus on it? And just set that time aside to really figure that out so that you can get back to it. And then I would say set a date to work on it again. Set a date in mind where it becomes a goal that I'm going to work on it again on this day and start putting it back out, putting that content out, working on that book, working on that brand, whatever it is on this day so that you have something to work towards. Let it be a doable day. And what I mean by that is I can't really actually find the word I'm trying to say. So but what I mean about that is that let it be a realistic date. There we go. A realistic date. Because sometimes we can be like, okay, I'm gonna put it back out on Friday and it's Wednesday. No, give yourself the right amount of time to work on it and get back in your creative space to put it out right, to get back on the horse right in the right way. And so maybe it's two weeks from the day that you decide. That way it gives you enough time to focus on it, just like your creative juices flowing and everything. That way it doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself to do it or you're giving you're pressuring yourself to do it, but you feel better about it when you give yourself realistic time to work on it. And then don't let yourself talk yourself out of it just because you put it down for a moment. There's been moments where I've thought after like I had put down spiritual slaying for like a month or something where I thought, should I ever go back to it? Is Am I not meant to do it? Like I had thoughts like that, but that was just me trying to talk myself out of it just because I had stopped doing it. So I was like, well, now that I stopped doing it, I dropped the ball. 
But anytime I thought about not doing it, it didn't feel right in my spirit. And so I knew I had to get back to it. And God made me realize that just because you stop doesn't mean I still won't use you. Doesn't mean that the mission isn't still the same. The goal isn't still the same. The purpose tied to it isn't still the same. Like if you get back on it, I can still do it. And so don't let yourself talk yourself out of it. Don't listen to those voices. Turn them off or turn the volume down, whatever, and work on it and put it out. Last but certainly not least, give yourself grace. This has to be one of the biggest points. I mean, all of these were so important. But in this journey of how to keep going and to keep pushing and to keep doing it, you have to give yourself grace. Life is so unpredictable and you may be busier in some seasons than others and things might come up and things might happen or whatever it is. And so your whole journey of producing and doing it is going to ebb and flow. It's a journey. It's not all going to look the same every day. So you have to give yourself grace in moments where you fall short. Give yourself grace in moments where you feel like you could have done better. Give yourself grace in everything that I talked about today because that's so important. Because if we kind of try to put pressure on ourselves or look down on ourselves or speak to ourselves badly just because we didn't do it perfectly or whatever, this is for me too, um, then it's going to, what we're doing is going to look more like a like a chore or like a um you're going to lose your passion for it because you're putting too much pressure on yourself. So, give yourself grace within it all and just keep going. That is a wrap on this episode of how to keep going, how to keep doing it. I hope that it helped you. I hope that it blessed you. I hope that you learn some new things, some new tips. Again, I'm also going through it. We're all going through it. It's going to ebb and flow. You're not going to master it. But as long as you keep going, as long as you keep learning, as long as you keep giving yourself grace, then the reward that you're looking for and more, you will have. And so just trust that and trust God. I don't think I said it yet. So thank you so much for listening. I really, truly do appreciate it. Please like or follow on whatever platform that you listen to Spiritual Slang on because it really does help me. Um, And yeah, that is all I have for this episode. So I'm going to get out of here because I feel like it was kind of long. Whatever. It was meant to be because it's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just going to end how I end every episode. Don't give up. Keep doing it even if it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like and stay prayed up. Bye, y'all.